Poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Chasing Poker Greatness with your host, Brad Wilson. Welcome, 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 my friend, to another episode of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast. This is your host, the founder of ChasingPokerGreatness.com, Brad Wilson. And today, John Chai and I are back for another Tactical Tuesday with the theme of today's episode being online poker, reality versus perception. And we're going to start out the show Talking about John's poker career playing live, and then in this in the back half, we're going to dive into the transition that he made to online poker after being a live pro. John, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, Brad. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Uh, so start us out. Tell us about your live poker career pre-COVID, maybe the, the previous six months to a year. Sure. So I had just moved to LA uh, a year before COVID started. Um, I moved uh, to play poker professionally in the spring of 2019. Played 5-5 No Limit after moving to LA for a year. And I had just started playing 5-10 No Limit uh, during the LA Poker Classic in January and February of 2020 before COVID hit and shut everything down in LA. So so you moved to LA, you had just started playing 510 from 25 right before COVID hit. How long had you been playing professionally before that? That was my that was the beginning of my third year. What was holding you back from playing 510 previously? I I had moved to LA to play slightly larger stakes, I was playing a game that was $2, $3, $5 in the Bay Area before moving down to LA to have access to more 510 and and 1020. Um, and the year that I moved down here, poker just didn't go very well. I was sort of stuck in a rut for uh, a couple months, just winning and losing, um, basically being break even for the first like six to eight months until things started going a little bit better for me towards the end of 2019. Um, finally started shot taking at 510, which is what kind of what I planned to do upon moving down here. So was delayed by probably six to eight months, um, but ended up doing pretty well at 510 uh, during LAPC in 2019 and felt comfortable playing 1K NL live. Wasn't making like tons of money, wasn't like crushing the game or or, or anything like that, but um, felt like I was competitive and, and, you know, was pretty disappointed to, to have COVID shut everything down right when I had just taken, felt like I had taken a step forward. What was your average monthly profit? Do you know? At 510? Yeah. I'd only played like a month and a half of 510 during like January to like mid-February. And I think what, I, what about at 2.5? What, what was your? Um, I guess somewhere between like, 10 and 15k a month that's quite a bit for for two five that that's a good that's a good little revenue stream you must have been putting in a lot of hours yeah also the games in la are 
are the games in California, I guess, in general, not, not just LA, I would say are, are pretty good relative to the rest of the country. I don't think I would have been able to put up those kinds of results had I been playing somewhere like Vegas, let's say. Yeah. I've heard Texas is a good place. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely feels like Texas, LA. And, and I've also heard Florida. <laughs> I would say Texas right now is booming because of the, their card room legalization type of situation. Plus the rank is like very, very low. comparatively to the rest of the country, but I digress. So COVID shut you down. You had just started taking a shot at 510. What was your next move in February of 2020 when you realized like, oh shit, I can't really play live poker. I had no idea at that time about like how long the shutdown would last. I I think like when I first heard about coronavirus, I thought like, oh, it'll blow over in a couple months and we'll just, we'll be back to normal um, once this gets figured out. So I wasn't really panicking, wasn't really thinking about like, oh, what should I do now that my, you know, my source of income is, is gone. I just thought that, okay, like I'll just ride this out for however long it lasts and get back to playing live poker as, as, as soon as I can. What were you doing with your days? <laughs> Pretty much nothing. Like I would like pretend to like, you know, study poker by like watching like a couple videos on run at once or like some streams or YouTube or things like that. But I, I, I don't know. I, I sort of took it as, as a, as a vacation. I, again, like I only thought it was going to be like a month or so. And, and one thing that I have trouble with even to this day is uh, taking time off and feeling good about it. And so I, I really like tried to take that time post post February as, um, as like time I could take off without feeling bad about myself or like feeling bad that like, Oh, you know, all these other guys are working, putting in hours um, and I'm not, um, just like not having to worry about that, that kind of stuff. So anxiety has got to set in at some point, right? Like February turns into March, March turns into April, April turns into May. At what point did you realize like, I got to do something? Summer, I think like probably around May. I don't know exactly when it was, but like, I'm sure it had more to do with the understanding and realization that the shutdown wasn't just going to blow over in a couple months. And I was, you know, I'm sure that started setting in um, towards the end of the spring or beginning of the summer. And I think that's when I started kind of panicking and, and having some anxiety um, about how am I going to, how am I going to eat for the, for the rest of the year? Yeah. That's, that's a great question. How do I, how do I feed myself for the rest of the year? So your next step I assume was to dive into online poker. And before we get into how it went and your trajectory in the online poker space. What was your perception of online poker? Because it's not like you didn't know it was a thing until May. You knew it was a thing. Why Why didn't you jump into the streets sooner? Tell me about that. I was way too scared. Um, I thought that my perception of online poker before actually starting coaching with you and and, and really starting to play online poker was that online poker was much, much, much harder than live poker. Um, that, you know, there's, there are a lot of really good players who are just going to crush me at every stake. I think like maybe like the most, the thing that's most indicative of my fear and tentativeness to jump into online was um, our first conversation we had before our first coaching session. I asked you what stakes I should start playing um, I had been playing five, 10 live. And I think I told you that I wanted to start playing at like 50 NL online. And you told me to start at 200 and I countered with like, okay, I'll just start at 100 NL then. And like, we'll see how it goes. 
Yeah, I remember that conversation very well. Where did that perception come from? Why did you sort of assume that everybody in the online streets just wore wizard hats and were indestructible? I feel like that is a perception that a lot of live players who haven't played online very much might have. I, I feel like that's just what I've heard from um, from other pros, what I hear on, you know, like social media and, you know, from content creators who are, who are, uh, who play live poker um, is that just that online is, is, is really tough. And, you know, if you want to, if you want a game select, well, like you should try to play in, in, in the soft live games. And and to some extent that that's, that's true. Like online or live games on average, I would say are significantly softer than online poker games. It's very interesting hearing this perspective from you being the type of person that just knowing you in the way that I know you now and knowing your poker goals after six months of coaching with me, you're the type of person that wants to find out what you're made of and having that aversion to the streets without ever experiencing them. It's just very interesting psychologically to me. It's uh, I think that the ambiguity effect is kind of coming into play here where you just had zero experience. And so very averse to even trying it out in the first place. Yeah. I think that's, I think the ambiguity effect was definitely a big part of me not wanting to jump into online. Uh, I think that's generally true for a lot of other, other aspects of my life. Like not just poker. I think I'm, I'm sort of the, I'm the type of person that needs some, usually need some sort of encouragement or, or like a nudge to, to try something that I have never done before, or like to, I don't know, go somewhere I've never been before. But yeah, I would agree that that does, that does not fit very well with sort of the attitude that I've had playing poker under you, which has just been to kind of go balls to the wall in most spots without, without much thought. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to take a break. And after the jump, we're going to dive into the reality of when John first jumped into the online streets at 100 No Limit and kind of talk about his progression and his updated thoughts about online poker. So stay tuned. Look, I totally get it. You feel like being a lone wolf in your poker journey has hamstrung your ability to realize your full potential. So I'm about to give you a golden opportunity to plug into a supportive tribe that will be the poker family you've always wished you had. How much money would you give for one hour of interactive group coaching led by myself, Coach Thomas, and occasionally past guests of the Chasing Poker Greatness podcast? For now, and this will absolutely change at some point in the near future, the price of admission to the Live Poker Power Hour is 100% free. All you've got to do to get your invite is head to ChasingPokerGreatness.com and hop on the VIP newsletter. No more excuses, no more procrastination. It's time to take action and put yourself in position to turn your poker dreams into reality. I hope to see that beautiful face of yours in just a couple of days. So we are back for the back half of this Tactical Tuesday online perception versus reality with John Chai. And before we dive into the second half, just want to let you know that in a couple of weeks, going to be launching Fish in a Barrel. It's exploitative sea betting strategies against recreational, fishy, whale-type 
players, the weakest players in your player pool. It's an area where you can dramatically improve your win rate by just playing max exploit strategies. Launches in the middle of every single month. And now, John Chai, you made the decision to play online poker. You contacted me. I guess, tell me firstly how you found out about me before you reached out. So I contacted a handful of poker pros uh, through Twitter. And I think it was KL who, I don't know, just like snap recommended you. He was like, oh, you're looking for, I, I was looking for something pretty specific, which was a cash game coach, online cash game coach, preferably one that lived in the US. And it's actually pretty hard to find cash game coaches or, or at least coaches that specifically coach online cash. It's really easy to find tournament content and coaches who are willing to um, coach tournament poker. But I, f- I found that it was just incredibly difficult to find uh, a reputable cash game coach. And so you were snap recommended by KL. And so I just thought I'd reach out to you and, and you know, kind of gauge, um, you know, whether you'd be interested in coaching me or not. <clears throat> I think I'd heard of you. I'd heard of you like through your podcast, but like I'd listened to a couple episodes even before reaching out to KL. I just, I don't think I knew your, I don't think I knew your name or, or, or anything like that. Just knew the name of the pod. I believe you told me you, you watched some run at once videos as well. Some of the, the content that I had created in your research phase of finding a cash game coach. Right, right. Yeah. So I watched some of your run at once material and some of your uh, YouTube streams that you did a couple a couple of years back. As you mentioned before, you reached out to me. We talked about what stake you should start at. I suggested 200 No Limit. You were hesitant to make that leap. We scheduled our first session. You sent me your first video. How did the coaching go? And what were your initial thoughts of online poker? So, yeah, it's just like my first impression when you told me to play start at 200 was just like sort of like terror and shock. I was like, oh, wow. Did I like totally just misrepresent myself to like Brad? Does he think I'm like way better than I than I am for some reason? Like, did I, did I say something to like give off that impression? So, yeah, I... I I thought that I was, there's just no way that I'd be ready for 200. I thought that you might be, you were very likely just overestimating my uh, level of skill. Uh, I quickly found out that I was the one that was wrong when I started playing 100 NL. I think just like from the get-go, when I made my first uh, one hour recording for you to go over for a coaching session, um, I think one of the things that uh, you noticed and, and that I noticed in the recording was that I was just absolutely shocked by how much open limping there was going on um at 100 and l um and this is at like six max cash like there were just people open limping the cutoff open limping the button i don't know opening 5x 6x from whatever position and and that's just something i i really did not expect and i couldn't have known unless i i actually like got my feet wet and tried jumping in the pool myself it seems so obvious in retrospect right like all you had to do is deposit 500 bucks and click around and play some hands. And you would have very quickly realized, oh, these games are beatable. Yeah. I, I have a question though. Looking back on it now, if somebody were to approach you in your exact spot transitioning, what would your advice have been as to what stake they should start out at? Like, what would your advice be now? 200. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think 200 was the right choice. I, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that because when we first started working and I was playing 100, I was breaking even 
at 100 for like the first couple of weeks. I don't know how much of that had to do with me just uh, getting a better feel for six max cash versus full ring, which is obviously what live poker is most of the time. But there definitely was a kind of a transition period for me where even at 100 and L I was struggling for the first couple of weeks. And I remember being like, see, like I knew Brad was overestimating like how, look at me, man. I, I can't even beat 100 and L. Yeah. So what happened from going, you know, not being able to beat 100 and L what was your, what was your breakthrough that made you jump up? Cause you jumped up to 200 relatively quickly. Yeah. I, so there were a couple of things that happened in between 100 and 200, even though it was a relatively short period of time. I think I only played 100 for, uh, maybe like three weeks, but I did three coaching sessions with you, which uh, were obviously pretty big. And then I also did preflop bootcamp, which um, I was in the first iteration of preflop, pre-flop bootcamp. And I think just the handful of sessions that I did with you in conjunction with preflop bootcamp really uh, just, I don't know, it, it upgraded my game to a level where I was just very confident that I was ready for 200, no, 200 and no. And then what happened when you moved up to 200 no limit? How'd your first month go? Tell me about that. I think I started winning pretty much instantly um, when I got up to 200 and L. I believe I started playing 200 sometime in August, maybe towards the middle of end of middle or end of August. And first couple months of 200 and L went pretty smoothly. Nothing, I don't know, nothing really exciting in 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 either direction. Um, it was just kind of grinding out a, a reasonable win rate. And then once I felt really comfortable at 200 and I was just, you know, had no problem firing up four tables at any time of the day and, and, and putting in a bunch of volume, I, I jumped into the elites program, um, which focuses on putting in as much volume in a month as you possibly can and, and sort of just finding your limits, finding out how um, how hard you actually can work in a month or how many hands you actually can play in. And I did the elites program in both October and November while I was playing 200 and L um, and similar to preflop bootcamp and, and our first few coaching sessions, I think uh, the elite program was uh, had a lot to do with upgrading my game again from the 200 and L level. It was finding your limits, right? Like you, you were playing 20 K hands a month. And then in the, the final month you were in elite, you played 55 K hands and you were winning your win rate was around like 15 big blinds per hundred, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. You were, you were absolutely smashing face. And then, then the situation became like, okay, we, we've kind of found our limits. We found our capabilities and next step as your coach is to urge you to now move up in sticks. Right. So that was your goal for December was acclimating kind of dialing back the volume but acclimating to the bigger games. How did that go for you? It went about as smoothly as a shot take could go, uh, I would say. I started out playing two tables of 500 and L when I was initially moving up from 200. Um, I think I played 500 and L for two or three days uh, before... I, I don't know what drove me to do this, but this this will be a good example of like my my balls to the wall when it comes to poker um, mentality is that uh, I just, I don't know. I just, I was playing 500 and L and I was like, wow, these games are really tough. There, there aren't very many fish. It, it feels like very, very reggy. Like, let me just see what, let me just take a peek at like 1k and L and, and see what it looks like. And so I opened up like one table of 1k on the side and 
<laughs> what I remember was that it was a table with two players. There was a heads up game going on and it was very obviously two fish. Like they both had under 50 big blinds and were like limping the button. And I was just like, how, how is this happening? Like, this is just allowed to happen at, at 1K? Like, I don't understand. And so I hopped, sat in that game and did okay. And like, before I knew it, by the end of the night, I was like two or three tabling 1K and L instead of 500. And um, I basically ended up skipping 500 no limit. Um, I played it for like two or three days or like two and a half days and uh, pretty much just jumped straight up to 1K at the beginning of December. Yeah, so you're in the beginning in 1K at the beginning of December. And I want to go back a little bit about the elite program because this program, I believe I'm going to be discontinuing it at the end of February because it's a it's lot too, of... It's too it, good. <laughs> yeah, it's too good. Um, it, it's too good of a program. I think what ultimately what what's leading me towards shuttering it and doing something more along the lines of standalone optimization sessions is that it requires a lot of it's a lot of energy for me to keep up with it and then on the same token it's also something else that i have to sell at the end of every single month and it's like i don't want to have to sell a thing at the end of every single month like elite coaching and private coaching and both of those in conjunction so like just the hassle of putting it all together i think is what's leading me towards discontinuing it. But I do think that the program did what it was supposed to do. It, it worked for the folks who participated in it. Everybody played so much more volume, led a more balanced and fulfilling life. Like I, I am very, very proud of that. It makes me a little bit sad to be, to be shutting it down. But, but um, I just found myself like kind of rooting for people to drop out. <laughs> like, and I know that like, as a creator and coach and somebody that's selling things, but if I'm rooting for people to not do something, there's probably a pretty good reason why that's happening. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I, I just wanted to put that out there for the listener. Uh, if you're considering hopping into the elite program, I would not consider that because it's not going to be a thing at the end of this month. Um, so you're in the streets, the one K streets throughout December. How did that go? What did your, December total look like? Um, let me see if I can just pull it up here. Okay, so um, December was pretty good. I started out on a pretty massive heater winning, I don't know, I think I won like 28K straight uh, before hitting a little bit of a downswing, like a 10K downswing towards the end of the month. Overall, though, pretty happy. I think I, I ended up winning, um, what is it, 9.37 big blinds per 100 over just over 20,000 hands. So, yeah, pretty decent shot take. I think the volume uh, could definitely be higher, but um, especially in December when I was first just getting started at, at, at 1KNL, I, I was doing a lot of two-tabling, a lot of three-tabling, trying to only play when the games were slightly softer. Um, so, like, I wasn't doing a lot of playing on, like, Tuesday mornings or Monday mornings. So that that hampered my volume a little bit but um not a bad first month yeah yeah i do want to touch on something really quickly that i think is important to talk about and i don't want to take too much credit for your success in the poker world i think that it takes two to tango and as it relates to coaching students you know i I find it has been a great experience helping you out and you're the type of student that does the work I don't think I've ever assigned you homework that you didn't just knock it out of the park and 
ultimately what I believe it really relates to is our first sessions when we just built up a level of mutual trust in one another. Like I could trust you to do the shit that I asked you to do. And you trusted me to have your best interest in mind and accept my feedback. And I think that like, whenever there's that level of mutual trust, this relationship as it relates between student and coach, that's where the the results are just, it's just an explosion. I, I don't want to take too much credit for the success that you've had. I, I think that like your career maybe has been expedited, but eventually you would have gotten there on your own. You're just that type of human being. I don't know. I think I, I, I do. I definitely do think you deserve, you know, <laughs> maybe even the bulk of the credit for these, these last six months. Cause you know, while I definitely would have continued pursuing poker, there's no way I could have banged out these sorts of results or had this kind of improvement without, uh, without your coaching. So I, I don't know. I, I, okay. It's definitely, it, it definitely took both of us, but, uh, uh, I, there's no way I could have done it without you. So. Well, I appreciate that, man. And ultimately like it's validation for my coaching methodology, the things that I've created that to me is like the most meaningful part of the whole deal is like, yes. Okay. My shit does work. If people do the work and follow the process and trust the process. And that to me is like, that's what ultimately matters. And so, yeah, I'm just very grateful that you've been able to have the success that you've had. And now January today is February the 1st, the day before this tactical Tuesday gets released. Tell me how did your January go? So (laughs) January was just, um, absolute dream of a month. Like I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I started out, uh, I ended December on a, on a 10 or 11 K downswing. Um, that sort of continued into the beginning of January where I, uh, started off the month losing, I think like four or five buy-ins. So four or 5,000, but man, after that, I just went on an insane heater and just basically like sun run through the entire month. My first full month playing um, 1KNL uh, ended up winning um, just under 47,000 for the month um, at a rate of 17 big wines per hundred. That's a good month, 47 buy-ins. Yeah, that's yeah. I, it's it's pretty unbelievable to me. This is this would have been like unthinkable, like <laughs> a, a, maybe even a couple weeks ago for me. You started out seven months ago in the online streets kind of terrified of 200 no limit yeah is this the most successful monetarily month you've ever had in poker yes it is the winningest month i've ever had live or online previous biggest month i had was exactly one year ago during lapc when i first moved up to 510 and uh almost exactly a year later had one of my biggest or had my biggest month january january is your month yeah january is a good month i guess january is a good month for you Yeah, we're going to try to make February even better. So we'll, we'll try to change that this year. You got three three less days to work with in February. That's... So you got kind of a built-in disadvantage. But no, nah, man, it, it's, it's, amazing to, it's amazing to be a part of your online poker career and just hit, seeing you reach these levels of success. You know, it, it's – I could not be more proud of a student – that I am. And, you know, you, you do the work, you deserve it. And I have zero doubts that over the next six months, I'm going to assume you're going to be in there in the two K and streets, which are the, the biggest stake on ignition. And 
I guess once that's conquered, you and I are going to have to have a conversation about what's next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we'll, yeah, hopefully you'll see me at a 2KNL sometime soon and, and, uh, and even beyond. All right, man. Well, I, I think, um, I guess we can close down just by you sharing something to the audience. Maybe a player who plays a lot of live has some success, maybe tentative about the online streets. Any words that you would like to share with them before we close out? Get a coach. I would say <laughs> it's the most, it's the most uh, impactful advice. I think I could, I, I could, uh, I could provide is that having, I, I, like I was tentative to jump into online, but I think getting coaching was also something that I was tentative about as well. And, you know, obviously playing online provides a lot of benefits uh, in terms of getting better. You get to put in just an, uh, you get to put in infinitely more volume than you do live. And, and that just gets you lots more reps and, and will help you improve. But I still think the most important uh, aspect to improving if you are, especially if you're hopping into a new arena, like online poker would be to get a good coach um, and find someone that can find someone like Brad that uh, can kind of mentor you through the process. So you're not, you know, you're not rebuilding the wheel yourself week after week. Yeah. There's a lot of value in experience and somebody helping you out on a regular basis and giving you direction helping you avoid the mistakes that they themselves made over the years, right? Like those are very, those lessons that I've learned the hard way don't always have to be so hard to somebody if, if they're willing to listen and trust. So awesome, man. It's been a great episode of Tactical Tuesday. Maybe we'll have you back on next week. I don't know the schedule as it relates to Terminator Thomas, but um, yeah, man, it's been great having you and we'll, we'll bring some hands next week. I promise. Sounds good.